a 1960s secret agent is brought out of cryofreeze to oppose his greatest enemy in the 90s, where his social attitudes are glaringly out of place. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Childhood. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is correct. And if this is your first time joining us, then you should probably listen to our other episodes, man. There's like 15 of them. There is. This is number 16. Ooh. I think we've said that the last couple of times. Like, we're just so shocked that we've made it this far. We have a tendency to start things and then not finish them. That's true. So, the fact that we're like four months into this and we're still doing it, going strong. Yeah. And I feel really good. And I've kind of made it my mission this year to be better at following up on projects that I start. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. (laughs) This week we are doing Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery, a 1997 classic starring... Mike Michael Myers. Myers. M- Mike Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers is a creep that wears a like white him. William Shatner mask. That's true. I was very confused as a child because yeah. of that. But I always call him Michael for some reason. Because I like remember I'm his the, like, mother. Yeah, they would refer to Mike My- Michael Myers. And I was like, the guy from SNL? Yeah. Oh, Why is he killer? a murderer? And then I was like, he was since So I Married an Axe Murder. It all makes <gasps> sense. <laughs> I love um, that movie too, by the way. Yeah, not very smart. So, what do we usually do here? Who, who are Rai we? Rai Rai hits you with some facts about the film and the year that the film came out. Okay, go ahead and hit us with some facts about 1997. That is correct. Uh, this movie was released on May 7th of 1997, so mm-hmm. over 22 years ago. Uh, so old. It w- had a budget of $16.5 million, and it grossed $67.7 million. So, wasn't a huge success, so it's a little surprising that it was given a sequel, but I do know by then it had developed a very large following, and the sequels did very well, so they were smart for giving it that opportunity. Yeah. Facts about 1997, the most popular TV shows were Seinfeld, ER, and Veronica's Closet. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, number one hits from music in 1997, uh, Spice Girls Wannabe. Yes. That's your jam. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Hypnotize, Hanson, Mbop, and Elton John, Candle in the Wind. Have we done a 1997 movie? I feel like we have. I don't know that we have. Oh, okay. But, uh, popular movies, Titanic. Men in Black, uh-huh. Jurassic Park, and Liar Liar. All fantastic movies. Really? Yeah, Denver. that's true. Very... There's actually, like, looking at the top ten for the year, and there's, like, no cheese ball movies in there. So, but, yeah, those movies. What do you remember or your earliest recollections about the movie? I remember seeing it in theaters, and as far as I know, we had a seat in the Independence Theater. Mm-hmm. And I can't really remember, since I did grow up in a smaller town, uh, we lived about 20 minutes from a city yeah, of sorts. Yes. It was a smaller city. But we 
went to the downtown theater to see it because mm-hmm. it wasn't playing in just the regular movie theater that mm-hmm. we had. At the time, we only had two, and then I think they built the bigger one, like, 2000. Mm-hmm. It was kind of later. I think I was almost in high school by then. So there wasn't a lot of screens because our biggest movie theater at the time only had six screens. Yeah. And uh, so we saw it at the downtown theater, me and my dad and my brother. And I remember thinking it was the funniest movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> the, I loved Mike Myers. I loved Wayne's World. Yeah. So I already knew about him. And then just, I felt like everything about that movie was hilarious. I don't know if it's going to translate, but we'll get to that in a couple minutes. And I don't honestly remember that much about this movie anymore because I feel like I haven't seen it in a long time. I rewatched Goldmember a lot mm-hmm. when it came out. Mm-hmm. So I could probably like recite that movie, but I don't know about the first two. I, I will say that. I remember, again, uh, I saw this in theaters. I remember my mom took me because, God, I think back, I was, I was 12 when this yeah. movie came out. So I wasn't really going to the movies with my friends yet. I think I kind of started that maybe that fall mm-hmm. we started going to the movies a lot so i remember her taking it taking us to it and i thought it was funny but then i remember like going to school that like that end of the summer and you know fall and talking about the movie and none of my friends had seen it like nobody saw it nobody knew what i was talking about so i kind of felt like an idiot like, right, whatever but then when it came out on vhs right it seemed like everybody i knew rented it thought the movie was hilarious and then i we literally when i was in eighth grade we would get together and hang out at like one of our friend's house every friday night i think we watched austin powers almost every friday night that doesn't surprise me because we would just get together hang out we you know we weren't obviously watching the movie trying to remember you know intently watching we would just be hanging out shooting the breeze but we would watch that movie with it in the background thought it was hilarious i feel like i saw one of them more than once in the theaters it might have been the second one, but I can't really remember. I'm getting old. I think I saw the second one twice because I remember like that one, like we were counting down to when yes. it came out and mm-hmm. we're like, oh my God, it was, but the other thing like I remember was like when I left the movie, so I thought it was hilarious that he was playing multiple characters and yeah. I don't know why, but I always enjoyed movies where the star was playing multiple characters. Like I loved Nutty Professor mm-hmm. and, um... I think he, he saw so I Married an Axe Murder, he did it. He, he plays his dad. Yeah. And coming to America, Eddie Murphy would play a lot of the characters. I mean, Arsenio Hall basically played yes. everyone. And I always thought those movies were funny where it was just, at, at the time, like going, you like, knew how, it how was them. this? You know? Yeah. You knew it was them, but they were convincing enough to make you kind of forget. Yeah. I, I also always loved stuff like that. And I always thought Mike Myers was kind of like genius at the time because he could play so many Mm-hmm. Especially in this movie, because it's like literally um the main characters, the two He's, main characters, the two main characters, plays, yeah. it's amazing. No, and I, I really wish he would do more films because I feel like he hasn't done a whole lot where he's written them and directed them type of thing like how he did this. Like I think he wrote the movie and mm-hmm. like I wish he would uh, give us a good comedy again. Like I wish he would do another Austin Powers. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because they were. I remember them fondly as being some of my favorite comedy movies growing up. This movie came out in 97. What year did? 99. And then I think the last one might have came out in 03. 03 or 04. Yeah. Yeah. And it might have been a little earlier than that. 03 sounds right. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little worried because I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. I remember us watching uh, Spy Who Shagged Me mm-hmm. when we first started dating. Yeah, because that was my favorite one, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember rewatching this movie. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time. I, I have a general idea of what the premise is. I remember certain aspects of it, but I, I don't know if it's going to hold up. I think it will because I think a lot of the humor is based on the fact that he is he's going to say offensive things because in the 60s, the ideals were a lot different yeah. than in the 90s. So I think it's going to be still relevant mm-hmm. because it will be like jokes on him. Everybody else's views have changed, but he's still stuck in his ways of how he views women. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I forgot kind of how he views women now that you mention it, but yeah. I think it's going to hold up too. And I, I don't know if that's just the nostalgic part of me that wants it to hold yeah. up. But I think the fact that it's kind of a period piece in the sense like he's, you know, stuck in the sixties, but he's going to go try and be in the nineties. Is that what? Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. So I'm just. He gets cryo freeze. Didn't you just yeah, hear my summary? I, I did. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be funny. And yeah, I'm like you. I don't know the last time I watched it for a movie that I've probably seen a hundred times in my life. It's been a good long, I'm going to say 15 years since I saw it. That sounds about right. So I might have did, I definitely did like a rewatch before the third one came out. Yeah. And I might have did like a whole rewatch in my early 20s, but I don't really remember. Mm -mm. So... It's been a long time. I guess time. we'll see. I'm I'm going to be excited for anybody that's just randomly in it. I know there's obviously cameos in all of them. Yes. And like actual legit cameos I know, dropping by. Like the last few were like, I want to say the third one is insane with the cameos. Right. But I know this one definitely it's going to be people that I recognize that like I can think of one person in particular that I, is a huge Hollywood star that's in this movie. So it's going to be delightful. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, where can we find this film? Well, this one, I want to say, is our first one that's actually on Netflix. Nice. And that's where we're going to watch it, because apparently we don't own this movie as much as we loved it as children. Just the third one. Uh, I will say, I do have a Rubbermaid tote in the garage that has VHSs in it, and I guarantee you, I have the first two on VHS. Okay. That's not helpful for us right now. I don't feel like hooking up a VCR to watch it. No. I I mean, it would be really get us into that nostalgia because I'm sure some of those VHS commercials are amazing. Oh, yeah, they probably are delightful. I wish uh, Netflix, when they would load the movie, like they should have options where you could watch the original trailers that are before the movie. Like that would be like you can do select the VHS option and it'll give you all the ones that were on the VHS. Select the DVD option. I'll give you the ones that were on the DVD. Like, that'd be neat just to have that, like, throwback. Also, it'd be kind of cool if you could choose to watch, like, a commercial or two. And it was just, like, if you're watching Friends, it's commercials that were... On in 1997. Yeah. I will say, uh, a little off topic, but I have a subscription to WWE Network. Yes, because you're a nerd. Yes. And they have all of their old content from like the 80s. And a lot of them, they will mention, they'll show like, you know, 
a Burger King, like not the ad, but it's like, you know, this is brought to you by Burger King. And it's like the old 1980s Burger King logo and whatever their slogan was at the time. That's awesome. And I'm always like, ah, delightful. My favorite thing when I was a kid was my dad, once we got a VCR in the 80s, my dad had this thing where he, he recorded movies off TV a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we had a bunch of DVD or DVDs, v, VHS tapes that were like random movies and sometimes we'd watch them, and the commercials were amazing. Oh, man. I don't know if my dad still has those. Probably not. Probably not. But no, that those were always a delight, because we did the same thing. Yeah. We'd, you know, Christmas vacations on ABC this weekend, and we'd record it, and you'd watch it for years, and 15 years later, you're seeing, like, these, you know, Play School Dinosaur Where's commercials. The beef? Yeah, exactly. So I just remember awesome. that one on one of them. I can't remember which movie I used to rewatch way too much i can't remember again i'm getting old and my memories are just mushing all together oh yeah no so we're gonna go ahead and hit that pause pause and go watch austin powers international man of mystery. mystery super long title yes and see if this 1997 classic holds up. up to our adult standards so just hang out for a second and we'll be right back bye <laughs> And we're back. We just finished watching Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. And uh, we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our usual categories like we always do. And we're going to go ahead and uh, make a phone call using our Casio video phone. (laughs) Which I guess now we have FaceTime, but we're going to talk about some technology. I did want to talk about that when I saw it because it was at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. and he gets a call from Basil. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that a thing, or did they use just, like, a... It looks like a pocket translator. It did look like a pocket translator. Because it was, like, pretty sleek looking, too, for 1997. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Uh, What pieces of uh, old-timey technology did you notice? The first thing I noticed was after Austin Powers was, I guess, unfrozen? Yeah, like, reanimated. Reanimated? Yeah. They were in this room and uh, they were briefing him. And there was a bunch of just large computers that looked like they were from the 60s. Yes. And I don't know if they did that on purpose, like, don't spook him because he's coming from the 60s. So just have all this technology around or... I wondered if it was maybe because that's when he was frozen. So that was the technology that they used to freeze him. Yeah, that's might be true. But, but then also there was some people that were frozen. Yes. They were obviously frozen later in life. So yes. I'm like, you guys didn't have updated technology? With some uh, solid names such as Vanilla Ice and Gary Coleman. Yeah. What did you see? I saw like an old 1995 uh, laptop. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I noticed was uh, Austin and Van- Vanessa, who's played by Elizabeth Hurley, were doing like recognizance on the evil lair or whatever for yeah. dr evil and she had these real sleek looking binoculars that still look kind of cheesy uh-huh. and then he takes out a camera with a lens that's about three feet long to use to like, spy on them so i was like oh that's pretty awesome it, it's hard to choose something because something like that obviously they did that on purpose yeah so it's not like it's a movie where they're like, yeah, this this is legit. Yeah, no, it was totally made to be a joke. Um, the other thing I noticed was the first time 
Basil calls him to communicate what their mission is. It's on a really thick laptop mm-hmm. that's also very small. Yeah. And then they use AOL connection, yes. which is also a really dated reference yes. because 1997 was the height mm-hmm. of AOL. Yeah. Yeah, that For was sure. like, I guess right when I was like, that was all everyone had. had AOL yeah. and Prodigy. We only ever had AOL until we got TSL in like 2005. Same. Well, we got we got Cox or, you know, DSL. broadband cable yeah. internet. Because uh, anybody who's listening that doesn't know what Cox is. <laughs> um, yeah, we got that like maybe 2003. Oh, yeah. we had AOL until that point. My dad waited way too long. <laughs> I hated life. But when we moved here in 2005, we still had it. I think actually we got it in 2006. Wow. Yeah. God. Girl, cord, corded phone, internet. Yes. Uh, um, was there anything else that you saw? Uh, just when he tried to play a CD on a record player. Because <laughs> he's amazing. like trying to get adapt to the technology. Yeah, he's, he's watching a VHS tape of like history events yeah. that happened the last 30 years. And yeah, I like that scene because yeah. you have to have one of those scenes if you're doing time travel. Mm-hmm. Or... or it's somebody just totally yeah. being blown away by the technology. Should we move on? Yes, we should. Okay. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens where we talk about fashion choices, offensive jokes, or dated references. Mm -hmm. Did you find any fashion? Uh, I had a few. Uh, I tried to only write ones that were, or take down ones that were pretty obvious. Because there's a portion in the movie that's set in the 60s. So I'm not going to be like, oh, they're wearing 60 go-go outfit. That was the point. Although the one lady was wearing a dress that looked like a tic-tac-toe board, (laughs) which I thought was... Pretty awesome. Uh, Pretty awesome. One of my favorites is just Dr. Evil's outfit that he wears throughout the entire arcs of the film. It's that gray, like, smock. Yes. But it's not so much that he wears it. It's the fact that, like, Kim Jong-un wears that crap today. Right? Like, Mike Myers was wearing it because it was funny. Do you think think he chose that because he likes Austin Powers? Oh, that could be... Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. Or maybe that's just, you know, there's a evil guy catalog somewhere, and that's just what the run-of-the-mill Fashion evil person wears. Fashion for psychos, wears. quarterly. Yeah. <laughs> what pieces uh, did you notice? Sir? I, I did note that the 60s clothing was all amazing. Mm-hmm. It was set in 67, the first, like, 10 minutes of the movie. And also that I, I do remember in the late, 90s there being like this resurgence mm-hmm. of kind of 60s and early 70s fashion and those in, colors were a big thing in scream uh, yeah i think it was rose mcgowan's character like was permanently dressed in that yes, type of fashion. like that kind of mod mm-hmm. clothing something that wasn't so dated was i did notice uh Seth Green's character, who he, play, he plays uh, Scott Evil, Dr. Evil's son. Yeah. Uh, him rocking a Kurt Cobain shirt, which is something like somebody would wear today. Definitely. it's it, But it would be like a more of a vintage, whereas yeah. in this case, it was only a couple years after the yeah. fact. So it was just, I think it was just to signify that he's different from mm-hmm. his dad. I did note his fashion because it he was wearing that shirt, but then he was also wearing yeah. like a really big collar. And I remember that being a thing, like those layers. Mm-hmm. And then his hair is amazing. Oh, nice spikies. Yeah. Was there any dated references that you found? I did like Dr. Evil doing the Macarena mm-hmm. at one point, which I thought was pretty funny. And uh, you already mentioned the American Online. Uh, one of the things, like, it was 
when they fast forward to modern times and it's 1997 and they go to Las Vegas, uh, they center around three casinos, right. the Riviera and the Stardust and Imperial Palace, which the Riviera and Stardust are both no longer there. Yeah, they're, they're demolished. Been demolished and the Imperial Palace has been rethemed. Yeah. So I just thought that was uh, odd. The one scene where he's taking her on a night on the town, mm-hmm. they show a bunch of signs of different casinos, and like ninety percent of them don't yeah. exist anymore. I'm like, wow. I think like Caesars and the Mirage, but it, those signs, it. yeah, the yeah, Caesar the, sign isn't even there. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's like the old school Caesars Palace sign, and I'm like, that doesn't even really look no. like that anymore. We're we're big fans of Vegas. So oh yeah, we go there regularly. I know you'd pointed out that. They had vanilla ice on ice. Obviously, he was famous about seven years before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was just funny. And then I had uh, noted that they had Beavis and Butthead playing on the TV when Dr. Evil was trying to end the conversation with the... United Nations. Yeah. yeah. And it just changes the channel to Beavis and Butthead. I was like, yep, that's late 90s. <laughs> the other one I noticed was at the end, Scott, uh, he's uh, talking to his dad about they're going to go up into outer space and try to get away mm-hmm. and he's like hey can i bring my sega yeah. and i was just like oh man that's that's amazing that's a little quite dated did you have anything else uh just a appearance by tab soda oh yeah and then uh the it's not so much dated but the i feel like the chain has gotten very small and it's not as prominent as what it once was is the spaceship is a big boy statue yeah for sure which i mean it's still around but it's not not like it was. We don't have it in Arizona. No, we don't. I did so. go to it a few weeks ago, though, when I was in yeah. California. Gotta love me some big boy. You're a dork. Yes. Hey, guys. We want to talk to you a little bit about the PodCoin app. Yes! The PodCoin app. It pays you to listen to Ruining Our Childhood, as well as your other favorite podcasts. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards for some of your favorite stores. What? Starbucks? Check. Amazon. Correct. Target. Seriously, guys, this is pretty legit. Join the PodCoin app today on iPhone or Android. And I said join, but I meant download. You've got to download And use code RUINING to get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for using R-U-I-N-I-N-G. That's how you spell ruining, just in case you don't know that. Yes. So if you're basically listening to podcasts all day anyways while you're working or driving or doing anything, might as well make some money off the deal. Am I right? Yeah, totally. I mean, free coffee for something you're already doing sounds fantastic. It does sound fantastic. <laughs> Take a shot. So go give the PodCoin app a try today. And also don't forget to listen to Ruining Our Childhood and make some money, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Do you want to move on? Yes, we shall. Go ahead and move on to our next category, the one that we like to call Well, Hello There, which is where we talk about any cameos or famous and recognizable actors or actresses that we may have forgot were in the film. Who did you notice? The first one I noticed was Tom Arnold, Mm -hmm. because I totally forgot he had like a cameo in this movie at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And he plays a cowboy in the casino bathroom. Yes. Delightful scene toilet humor there mm-hmm. oh and then steven monroe who what movie was he he was in one of our episodes because we saw him it was another movie it might have been can't hardly wait 
Yes. Yeah, he played the Guns Paradise N' Roses. City, yeah. Paradise City guy. Yeah. Um, but he's from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he was in Scott's and Dr. Evil's support group as mm-hmm. one of the sons. So I had to look up the name. I recognize him strictly as the soup Nazi. Oh, yes. But his actual name is Larry Thomas. He right. played a blackjack dealer mm-hmm. in the film, which was uh, uh, somebody that I definitely forgot was in the film. I totally forgot Carrie Fisher yeah. did a cameo. Carrie Fisher plays the, the therapist. Yeah. yeah. I did not remember her at all. Yeah. person that I, I definitely remembered, but he's in it and he plays a very small part is Will Ferrell. Yes. Plays Mustafa, which is a little weird because he's like supposed to be like... Middle Eastern, Middle I guess? Eastern, yeah. But he, Vaguely Middle Eastern. He, he does have a very good scene that he's in. Did you notice him in this? Um, Michael McDonald, who... I, he's a character actor, mm-hmm. but he was on Mad TV like yeah. in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. He he plays the guard that is just screaming no, and as the roller is coming, the steamroller, the steamroller, and it's like obviously he has enough time to get out of the way, but he doesn't. <laughs> Plenty of time. And I remember that scene. I just totally forgot he played the guard. So. Yeah. And then the other one that I uh, picked up on was Clint Howard. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. like, I'm pretty uh, sure he's in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I thought it was this movie, but it, the running joke of... Penis jokes? Yeah, penis yeah. jokes from the newer ship they're on or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the second and third one. Yeah, definitely in the second one. Yeah. The running gag jokes on, on this movie are pretty amazing. Uh, they're delightful. I like them a lot. Calm down. Sorry. Oh, and the other, last one was Cindy Margolis played oh, yeah. a fembot, which her and herself is basically a dated reference because i think like her whole claim to fame was she was like the most downloaded woman of 99 maybe. oh really yeah that was what i had to look her up because you you kept saying her name and i'm like i, I know the name i just yeah. don't know what she looks like no. and then when i saw her i was like oh okay yeah yeah that's that was her claim to fame do you want to move on yes we shall this category is called is it even good where we talk about the plot and the casting choices, and then we name our funniest and cringiest moments. Mm-hmm. What was? How did you think about the plot? How did you think? I thought the words? plot was fine because it, it is supposed to be funny. Like, they're not trying to be serious. They're trying to make a James Bond knockoff a spoof. parody. Yeah. Spoof. Yeah, so I had no problem. Like, the idea that he comes, you know, he was in the 60s and he gets transported to the 90s and he's trying to prevent I mean, a nuclear I mean, they do that warhead. with Captain America, right? Correct. <laughs> So I thought it was perfectly fine. I mean, it's not super believable, but it's it wasn't supposed to... This is not it's supposed not, to win an Academy Award. It's definitely... I think it aids in the movie that it yeah. is not trying to take itself seriously like, at all. Like, That's not the point of the movie. The villain doesn't even know the correct amount of money to charge <laughs> the United Nations to prevent... And all of his plans are, yeah. have already been done. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's uh, not believable, but it is believable. So, I Yeah, and it's it. supposed to be crazy. It's supposed to be over the top because it is a spoof movie. Yeah. So, what did you think of the casting choices? Uh, I had no real issues with the casting choices. I did read that uh, Mike Myers actually did not want to play both Austin Powers or Do- and Dr. Evil. He wanted Jim Carrey to play Dr. Evil, and Jim Carrey was interested in playing the role, but he couldn't do it because of a scheduling conflict with Liar Liar. That's crazy. I can't even imagine. That part I don't like. I love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is, without a doubt, my favorite actor of all time. And I'm like, 
I can't picture anybody playing Dr. Evil but Mike Myers. I honestly think I, I could see Jim Carrey more as Austin Powers. That's true. And I would be fine with that, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hard to picture anybody else in those two roles. Yeah. They're, they're, he's so iconic in this role, or roles, that it, it's mind-boggling to even think about somebody else playing it. Yeah, it's that's weird. I never knew that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What was your funniest line or moment? I literally have like 30 written down. Mm-hmm. Because I still think this movie was hilarious. But I think my favorite is when Dr. Evil is in therapy with Scott. It's a father-son <laughs> therapy. And uh, the therapist, Carrie Fisher, asks him to like tell us about yourself. And he goes into this monologue that is just amazing. Where he's like, my mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute with webbed feet named <laughs> Chloe. My father made outrageous claims like he invented the question mark and he accused chestnuts of being lazy. I had typical child I had a typical childhood. Summers in Rangoon luge lesson luge lessons. And he was like, When I was being insolent, I was placed in a burlap sack and was beaten. Pretty standard. (laughs) That was good. I don't know why it's still I, I immediately, like, was, re- when he said it, I started remembering parts of it. Yeah. But then there was still things that I didn't. I just, uh, I love it. He's yeah. amazing. Mine yes. was when Mustafa dies, <laughs> yes. and he doesn't actually really die. Yeah. And he's just screaming, and he keeps interrupting Dr. Evil as he's trying to, you know, talk to the, his other people. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, can someone call an ambulance? I'm still alive. <laughs> and then you just hear like footsteps. He's like, oh, thank God somebody's here. And then you just hear shots. And he's still like, you he's like, shot me. <laughs> you shot me right in the arm. Yeah. I love it because obvi- they do that in the second one. Spoiler alert. Yes. I love that one more because he's like, I've broken my leg. It smells <laughs> like almonds. I always remember that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway. That's that's my favorite. Uh, what was the other one that I... There was that one I had written down. And then I don't know why, but I love when he's walking through the casino and he just sees a guy and he's just like, hey, you there. And the guy's like, do I know you? And he's like, no, but it's you and you're there. And then when he's at the uh, blackjack table and he introduces himself to Robert Wagner's number two character and he's like, my name's Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. I don't know why. It still cracks There's me up. There's stuff like that that's hilarious. Ah, it's just so I think subtle. I was, ex- honestly, even though I said I thought this movie was going to hold up, in the back of my head, I was like, there's going to be penis jokes or silly toilet humor that's not going to translate now that I'm an adult, and mm-hmm. I feel like my humor is a little more sophisticated. But it's... It, I think every other line's a joke in this movie, so yeah. there's so much humor, and there's so much different types of humor mm-hmm. that it, it it's, fair. yeah, Just... there's so many bases covered. Oh, yeah. The, the other one is when he's shushing. Dr. Evil is shushing oh, Scott, and he's like, I got that, a whole bag that of whole shush scene. with your name on it. Just, just, uh, just when Scott's like, I have a gun in my room, <laughs> we can just kill him. He's like, no, I'm going to. Let him be in there by himself and... I'm going to close the doors and assume everything goes to plan. But he's dead serious. Yeah, because it's just... Because that's what villains do in Bond movies and spy movies. They always divulge their whole master plan and they just 
let Ugh. low level guys take care of the why the guy should i take care of this yeah. myself right oh. uh it's amazing it really um, is what was your cringiest it, it was hard honestly for me to find a cringy one uh, i did i hate any scene where he's shirtless though because <laughs> he has chest hair that is thick like it's also shaped like a penis I never realized yeah, that. Like, you are incredibly I never correct. Realized it until now I'm an adult. Yes. But there's also I had noted it when we were watching the movie that I'm like, there's some jokes that went totally went over oh. my head when I was eleven when he's in the hot tub with a lot, a of, lot vagina. of vagina and she's saying something about something about coming. Mm-hmm. Where is she saying she was she from? She says something like the men always come first, and yeah, he's the men like, always come first, and, and the like, women come second, and he's like, or sometimes not uh, at all. Like, <laughs> and I never got that joke no. when I was a kid. <laughs> right over your yeah. head. Uh, but yeah, anytime, he, like, when he's dancing, and he's trying to seduce the fembots, and I'm just like, eee, oh, I don't... he does seduce the fembots. I just don't need to see that chest hair. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. What was your cringiest one? Honestly, I had two different ones. And it, like I said, like you said, there's, there's no like cringy moments. Usually we can find in most of the movies we've watched over, you know, the last 15 episodes, there's something you can usually find that's like, ugh, that's cheesy or mm-hmm. whatever. The one line I did find kind of cheesy was when Tom Arnold was in the bathroom with Austin mm-hmm. and he thinks Austin Powers is going potty yeah is like constipated and mm-hmm. having some issues with a poop situation mm-hmm. when really he's being choked out by the patty o'brien lucky charms yeah character after he kills patty o'brien he's just the guy's in the toilet and tom arnold comes out he's like boy what did you eat and i'm like <laughs> that's so silly like yeah. it's just over the top yeah it is but so. it's part of this movie too but honestly that was like the one line and then uh, Austin told Random Task, who, if you don't know who plays Random Task, go look him up. His name, I think, is Joe Sun, and he is currently serving life in prison because he tortured a person, and then while in prison, he murdered his cellmate. So he's a good dude. Did he do it with a shoe? No, <laughs> but <laughs> well done. Uh, Austin tells him that he fights like a woman because he threw a shoe at him. That's true. That's a, that's yeah. a little sexist, Austin awesome Powers. Would you say but... that to, like, Ronda Rousey? Because she yeah. fuck you up. But I do like <laughs> when he's like, who throws a shoe? Honestly. Because I, I, yeah. I quote that still. No. Uh, it's it's funny line. It's still funny. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, the only thing that it, it, it always irritated me, and to this day, like, right when I saw the scene, it took me back. It's when Clint Howard calls, like, the Commander General. Yeah. And they're talking, and the Commander General, the shot of him, it keeps jumping. Mm-hmm. Like, while he's on the phone, and I was just like, I don't... Like, Clint Howard filmed all of his, clearly, like, it's one long shot of him talking. Like, the other guy, I don't know if he was just a They were, like, actor. moving the camera? Yeah. It was just... It was weird. Yeah, I didn't notice that until you guys pointed it out, and then I was like, thanks, guys, mm-hmm. for pointing that out now. <laughs> it's bothering me, this whole scene. Obviously, a lot of silly humor in this movie. The penis enlargement gag yeah. is still hilarious. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's like, this isn't mine. Oh, th- this book that you wrote on? <laughs> That's not my bag. And then the book's like, this is my Swedish bag. made penis enlargement and you. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. Oh. Uh, so, I love that. It's so, so fantastic. Yeah, it's just so, so simple. Yeah. 
Do you want to move on to our awards? Yes, we should. I feel like we're breezing through this. We really are. We really are. But I will say, I had like 50 funny things that I wrote down that still made me laugh. Like you said about the coin, the ambulance, and uh, Austin Powers when he's describing... Or Dr. Evil. Sorry, (laughs) Dr. Evil when he's describing carnies. And he's like, they smell like cabbage. Small Small hands. hands. (laughs) Just, uh... When he's fighting and everything's judo. So yes. he's like, judo chop. And then he tripped a guy and he's like, judo trip. <laughs> so <laughs> That's what I, I'm saying. Like, what really aids in this movie is that everything is not, it's not done well in some cases. Where yeah. obviously you can tell it's a stunt double or or oh, the, yeah. the henchmen overreact when they get punched. Or sometimes there was one point where he shoots one and the guy jumps off the, le- like. Yeah. Throws and, himself over a yeah, ledge, yeah. It, but that's part of the movie, and yeah. that's what makes it funny. Yeah, I love any scene where Dr. Evil and Austin were in the same scene uh, with each other, and you could tell the body doubled, like whoever was looking at the camera, the mm-hmm. other one usually had their back to it, and you could just tell it wasn't the other Like, Yeah. It was so bad, but it made it so good. Yeah. It's just, it. it's almost like you can almost get away with anything on spoofed movies. Yeah. And I'm I know there's definitely badly Bad done spoof oh, movies yeah. that rely way too heavily on the fact that they're spoofs, but mm-hmm. this one I think was fine. Oh, and it, uh, there's just so much it's so stupidly funny. Yeah. But yeah, we should move on to our awards. And as always on our show, it is what? Award season. Correct. And we give out two awards every week. The first one named for the incredible Academy Award winning actor, Nicolas Cage. It's the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to the person that played Alada Fagina. Her name is Fabiani Udineo. She's Argentinian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's from Argentina. And I looked her up and she, she was actually... Uh, like the last thing she did was Jane the Virgin. Oh, okay. Is that was it Jane the Virgin? Yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm missing a word in there. And honestly, it was just because her character was like just I don't know, like overly sexualized. I guess kind of eye candy for the movie, yeah. but I'm like, yeah, she just had ridiculously fake boobs. Yes, and that I I mean, because I liked everybody that was cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all the henchmen were funny. Yeah. I almost forget how small a part uh, What's-Her-Face has. Uh, why can't I think of her name? The, his, like, technical third person? Like, Dr. Evil's, like... Oh, Frau Farbissima? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, she definitely has bigger a bigger part in the next two movies. Yeah. She's very underutilized in this, mm-hmm. if anything. A lot of vagina obviously, is a nod at the... Pussy galore. Yeah, and just, like, all of the women's names in James Bond's films that are over the top. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, her scene was just okay, and it's just whatever. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the actress or anything like that. It was just, there wasn't that much to choose from, because I liked every, all the main characters. I didn't mind. So. Yeah, no, they were all good. You you made a comment about how they were all play off of, like, james bond characters and it literally just popped into my head which this would have been the james bond movie that came out after this which Mm -hmm. was uh the world is not enough okay yeah and denise richards plays 
Dr. Christmas Jones, I yeah. think is her name. It's just... Um, but uh, James Bond says to her, he's like, they're like making out. And he does say to her, I thought Christmas only comes once a year. Ugh. Did they go watch Austin Powers and go, what pun can we slip in here? Like, yeah. Total... Cause they the missed Daniel, the point of Austin Powers. That yeah. They're making fun of their Because <laughs> the crazy Daniel over- Craig ones don't have those, but that totally popped really. into my head. Uh, I don't know. Uh, who Who was yours? I was like you, and I kind of struggled to give one out. I, I gave it to Michael York, okay. who plays uh, Basil Exposition, which is <laughs> the weirdest last name I think I've ever heard a character He's have. He's just there to give exposition. Yeah, I, I just... I, I thought he didn't really serve a purpose in this movie like he's british yeah that's bad so I, I didn't i didn't think he was necessary and i guess if you're like he wasn't mike myers uh excuse me austin's character he has vanessa and then earlier in the movie series in the 60s he has the mimi rogers who plays vanessa's mom like it's just like that's kind of all you need you don't need this other guy who's giving you british intelligence that's true and it was just kind of that's why, like, at the end of the movie, they're like, uh, Michael York tells uh, Vanessa that she is a full agent now. I'm like, she wasn't? She did, like, most of the work. Yeah. <laughs> She's Hermione. Yeah. She, she is the reason he's not dead. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Should we move on? I guess we should. To the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting, who did you give yours to? I gave mine to... Uh, someone that we already talked about earlier as someone that I wish uh, would get back into doing more films, which is Mike Myers. Yes. I don't know that I can picture anybody playing the roles that he plays Mm -hmm. other than him. Like we talked about, we can't even see Jim Carrey playing Dr. Evil. Everything he does, just even his facial expressions, a lot of times cracked me up the entire movie. He is so, I've always enjoyed everything he did. I was genuinely excited when we saw Bohemian Rhapsody and he had just a little small cameo in that movie. So I wish he would come back and, uh, like you said, if he could give us another Austin Powers, that would be delightful. Uh, So I would... uh, He's definitely one of those people that I always loved. I loved Wayne's World. I said that earlier. Mm -hmm. These movies. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. And... When he did a couple bad movies, like mm-hmm. in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. it's like, he's just like, okay, I'm going to back off. Whereas, like, some, obviously, we've talked about it before, like, in the Adam Sandler episode, there's some um, comedians that don't have great movies, and they just keep making movies. Yeah. yeah Adam Sandler's never really stopped making movies. No. But I, I, I do think he should do more movies like this, because they're Cause, still hilarious. Because we were talking about him... Since 2004, he has starred in one film that was not a Shrek movie, and that was The Love Guru. Yeah. He took it. And that one didn't do that great, right? No. I thought it was still funny. I thought it was still funny, but he made a cameo in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. He's done a couple, like, documentary-style films, and he took a cameo in Bohemian Rhapsody. So in 15 years, you really haven't seen him. That's crazy. And it's... When he popped up on SNL, I always look forward to those. Like he, I, he's, I, just... he's played some of my favorite characters. I mean, Simon. Yeah. He's so fucking talented. Yeah. Uh, if, if On the off chance he hears this, please come back and make us another movie. I know you're not going to hear this, Mike. Yeah. But, yeah, I need some more Dr. Evil in my life. Yeah. Or another Wayne's World, please. Yes. God. I mean, at least they do, like, little bits 
Yeah. You know. At the on... 40th anniversary of SNL, they yeah. showed up and did it. Yeah. Just a delightful. But at the same time, maybe he feels like he doesn't want to over dilute himself. That's true. You know? Yeah. Because I don't know if anybody would go like, oh, Michael Myers films suck because he doesn't make any. So, no. you know, unlike Adam Sandler, where everybody's like, he's just not funny anymore. Yeah. You know? I also gave mine to Michael Myers. I'm saying Michael again. Yes. Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. But specifically as Dr. Evil. Oh, because some of the stuff, Austin Powers, obviously, we mentioned this in the Napoleon Dynamite episode. Some of the lines are so were so overdone mm-hmm. or um, overquoted yes. by our generation that they lost all meaning and they're mm-hmm. not funny to me and, you know, yeah, baby. And some of the stuff he says, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Our culture was so over-diluted with it. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Evil, still hilarious. Yes. Everything between him and Scott, who's oh. Seth Green, is amazing. That he is so underrated in this film, like he's Seth, yeah, Seth, Seth Green because he's young, and he's like you said, the chemistry those two is Seth just Green is delightful. amazing. Yeah, I pretty much like everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I have to say, yeah, he's delightful. Yeah, but the whole Scott convo during dinner that like you mentioned it earlier when they're shushing mm-hmm. or when he's just like. You're not doing this right. You're not very good at being evil. And, you know, he's like, you can take care of this guy right here. We can kill him together. And he's just like, what? It's like, you just don't don't get get it. it. (laughs) Uh, It's it's delightful. It really is. And when he's singing the the song. The Meow Mix song? Yeah, the Meow Mix. God. It's still still a hilarious movie. So we can just move on to Does It Hold Up? And I can say, after we have had a rough stretch of, I think the last three or four movies were awful. Spoiler alert. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to Gone in 60 Seconds or Napoleon Dynamite. They're not great films. This, I think, without a doubt, was just delightful. It was, I don't know that I laughed as hard as I did when I saw it the first time. Yeah. Because I've seen it. So many times. I... Immediately was transported back to being a 14-year-old boy watching this movie with my friends. And just, I could remember some of the stuff that was coming up and it still made me laugh. Yeah. There's definitely, delightful. like, some of the toilet humor. I'm like, oh, okay. And then some of the, the running gags, I almost was like, okay, we get it. The hiding the body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of They weren't that. as funny to me. No. Anymore. But it's the, some of the lines mm-hmm. and how they're delivered is hilarious. And... I still found myself cracking up yeah. to a bunch of the stuff. And some of it was like a nostalgic thing. Like, oh my God, I remember this was my favorite line when I was a kid. But a lot of it was just because it's just plain funny. Yeah. It's just a really good movie. And I underst- I'm i happy that it was a movie that made a great impression as me as right. a child. And now watching it as an adult, it didn't disappoint me. Yeah. And I think that is one thing like... I've started to worry about when we're picking movies. I'm like, oh, God, do I want to watch this movie that I loved I'm like, as a Did kid? I have horrible taste? Yeah. Especially in comedy movies because I've always been drawn to comedy. Mm-hmm. I want to think that I'm kind of funny. Debatable. Sometimes just funny looking. That is no. correct. <laughs> you married me. But... Mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> Divorce time. <laughs> This podcast is turning into divorce with Ryan and Ashley. (laughs) No, but I, yeah, 
I agree. There's definitely movies and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to rewatch that because I don't think it'll be as good. Yeah. But we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Going to watch it. And this this definitely helped. For the up, sake folks. of you. Yeah. Fine. You can thank us later, folks. Lo- lovely listeners. Mm-hmm. So, holds up. Holds up. Let us know what you think. Hit us on up on Facebook uh, or on Instagram. Yeah. Hit us up. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Throw us a little subscribe scribe. Yeah. You can hit us up on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood. That's correct. That's the name of this podcast, in case yep. you didn't know. What about Facebook? Also Ruining Our Childhood. That is and correct. And we put a picture up of Rupert. The official do- dog of the Ruining Our Childhood broadcast. Dog. That's correct. He yeah. looks judgy. and That's what he does. Yeah. He judges. Yeah. It's a judgy dog. And then uh, we're over on the Twitter. The Twitter at, at ROC Movie Podcast. 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 Okay. That is correct. <laughs> Speaking of gags that <laughs> take too uh, long. It's what we do. Uh, so that should do it for us. That should. So, yeah. That's it for us, guys. If you like us, then... Tell a friend. Tell a friend. If, if you, you don't, don't like us... Tell an enemy. Yeah, an to, enemy, an enemy. Yeah, enemy. The guy that cuts you off in traffic, pull up <laughs> next to him, roll down the window, go, Hey, buddy, got something to tell you. Go listen to Ruining Our Childhood, pal. And then just roll up your window and take off. And he'll be going, Oh, I cut that guy off. That was really nice. He gave me that hot tip. And then just laugh at him. <laughs> hot tip. Hot tip. Hot tip. Hot tip. That was really loud. Yeah. You just, sorry. So, yeah, I kind of yelled right under the microphone. Sorry, not gone. Hey, buddy! Yeah, you should have done that. Check out ruining our childhood! You jerk! <laughs> You're so weird. I know. Uh, anyway. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.